How do I optimize my opportunity here? What have you done? What could you do? And what do you want to do? Find recruiters that you trust. Relationship, relationship, relationship. Do you want to be the absolute best candidate for a job you'll love in a career with balance? Veteran leadership career catalyst Jonathan Flax is teaming up with leading executive search professionals to provide you with cutting-edge career transition strategies. Welcome to Career Transition Experts. And now, here's your host, Jonathan Flax. I am thrilled to introduce our guest for today, Kevin Hughes and his team, specialize in executive search and healthcare marketing and healthcare insights and healthcare strategy nationally across the U.S. And this is a very hot uh, area right now. Kevin was a candidate before he was a recruiter, so he knows what a lot of our listeners are going through. And in the early 1900s, as an IT professional seeking career advice from an IT recruiter, Kevin was persuaded to join the search team. And then after seven years of recruiting in IT with that same UK team, he came over to Pond to join us in the U.S. in 2001 and joined an eminent franchise of Management Recruiters International, the MRI Network. 2008, he went on to found a boutique executive search firm called Parallel Futures International in Columbia, Maryland. And in addition, consistently was directing and serving candidates and working with companies for 28 years and counting, recruiting, training, mentoring, and managing and inspiring countless recruiting professionals. So I'm really, really excited to introduce Kevin Hughes. Kevin, welcome to the program. Tell us, tell a listener what they will get by listening to this episode. Um, I, I'd like to emphasize everything on relationships because and the importance of, I think a lot of that has become forgotten with remote. Mm. So uh, the, the three R's of recruiting. Oh, are there three R's in this uh, program? Relationship, relationship, relationship. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay, good. I say a little more about that and what you see going on and how that you know relates. I, I think it's it's a function of what we're dealing with in today's market. So it's it's an incredible market. I've not seen anything like it in 28 years. It's candidate driven. Candidates are being bombarded with emails, emails from recruiters, internal recruiters, external recruiters, like never before. There's mm. so much noise out there. There's so much marketing content out there. There's also the COVID situation has brought a lot of remote working and. There's uh, so many factors that have made this a very, very interesting market. And if you're a candidate who is sought after, if you're in that position, that's great. But then you still got to think about how do I optimize my opportunity here? But if, you, if you're a candidate who's not so sought after, there are ways that you can use that to your advantage. And it's all about relationships. I think the relationships have been lost in recent mm. years. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, it's, it's it, with this great resignation, there seems to be a very high demand for candidates because a lot of people are, are leaving their work for better better opportunities. But that makes finding good talent for a company like finding a needle in a haystack and competing for these roles. Well, you're, you're, there's, there's a lot of noise and competition, as you said. So one could say, well, relationships, well, that's obvious. But talk a little more deeply about what you see missing like what's lost now? So I think with remote working, I, th- I think there's a lot of speculation. Will people go back to in office or will it be largely remote? I mean, clearly, there's going to be a lot of remote, a lot more remote. And I think that COVID was a catalyst for that to happen and allowing the tools to, to now be more, let's say, obviously user friendly. Um, and are obvious, you know, you can have team members in different locations and time zones. It's brilliant. It's fabulous. But the downside is inevitably that means there's less personal touch and we are humans we want that that human contact and 
it's interesting how I've seen differences of how people's perspectives on how they want to work because of this. Some people do want to be just able to focus on their work and not have to be making that commute. Great, right? Some people, I think, probably don't want to be around people. They just want to be doing what they're doing. I focus in an industry where it's very people-oriented and it's about teams and it's about relationships. And, and so I see a different side of it. And I see that the people who are the best and or most in-demand candidates in my market are ones who want to be around people. So flex working is absolutely here to stay, no question. But at least flex working where there is the option to get to the office, um, but you don't have to if you're not that, that near. But the fact is the relationships are what with people driven. And I see so many candidates make mistakes over choosing jobs. I see candidates who make mistakes over how they respond or don't respond to outreach from recruiters. But also, I think there's ways that candidates can do better themselves in building their relationships. And I want to get into that in more detail. Okay, great. Well, let me just open the runway. <laughs> Let's start with what's the first detail or the first R or keep going. You're really uh, intriguing what you're saying. I think it depends clearly subject dependent because there are some roles where if you're focusing head down, you don't necessarily need the, the constant team interaction as often, right? And then remote mm-hmm. is fine, right? But I think where it does involve people and teams and culture, that desire to be part of that. And I think as a candidate, you've got to show that and interest in that. I think it's, we see so many people, I think what's happened in the last two or three years, especially with the demand for some candidates, or well, so many candidates in different areas, that a lot of people have stopped responding to outreach. I think it's, it's essential for everybody to keep in touch with the recruiter they trust, at least one recruiter they trust. But also, we can get into nitty gritty on, on how candidates, I think, can market themselves. I know that's that's your market. It's like how to find that, that perfect career, how to find that perfect company, how to find that ideal situation that suits their, their goals. And I think the people have lost all that. If they have a good situation, they seem to think, okay, I don't need to worry about that anymore. I don't need to invest in relationships. But relationships are the most important thing, not just in your day-to-day life, because it does actually enhances what we do. Mm-hmm. It's like I hear people in this market now, this, the, the demand for candidates is so high, the candidate market, that a lot of candidates think they can ask for too much money. They can ask for, you know, it's all about me. You know, I had to, I coined this, this word called me-ish, right? Me-ish. It doesn't mean that the bad people or selfish. It just means it's all about them. It's about, they don't, you know, it's like, that's not what you can do for your country, the old John F. Kennedy. You know, what I see is, it's, it's just a function of the market. And I think the more that people get back to the mindfulness of people and what we see is, yes, there are bad companies out there. They make people work too many hours. They underpay. Starts with leadership. And as a candidate, you can choose those, those values. Well, you've got, to be, you've got to be tuning into what's most important to you. So the first thing we start with as a candidate is, you know, what is most important to you? You know, what have you done? What could you do? And what do you want to do? That's my ethos. But also digging into what is most important to you in terms of people. And not just, I think what most recruiters do, and here's what a lot of recruiters do wrong. And here's why candidates have become harder to reach and candidates have been inclined to respond less to recruiters. This is, I think, quite poignant. I think it's good for candidates to understand this, but also it's good for recruiters because, let's face it, there's a lot, as we know, of bad recruiters, bad apples out there, right? And it makes it harder for those that are good and try hard to, to get through. But I think you've got to look at, you know, what is it that go deeper in terms of the candidate the candidate wants? And the candidate yeah. might not have thought about what does a candidate really value most? A lot of recruiters out there look at candidates with dollar signs on the foreheads, right? Can I make money from placing this candidate? And if recruiters, you know, show that quite blatantly, you can understand why candidates don't want to respond or get to know recruiters and sometimes keep the gap. Whereas Jonathan, you know as well as I know, it's like to have 
deep relationships with recruiters is so important because if you're honest and you use that recruiter as the conduit, it's so powerful. So let's start with simply that relationship with the recruiter. I want to get into relationships with people generally and how people can market themselves and find their own roles as you encourage them to, Jonathan. I know that's what you do. But let's start with a recruiter relationship first and then talk about relationships generally, which clearly is, is what makes the world go round, right? Yeah. Relationships with recruiters. And of course, any questions, you know, stop me, right? Because I will go on, right? Easily. Uh, so, so far, I'm good, but I'll, I'll have something possibly to underscore. I want to hear what you have to say about maintaining and engaging as you said, with a relationship with at least one recruiter you trust to represent what you want as a candidate for your career and helping them match you with uh, the kinds of uh, roles that they fill. So, yeah, let's hear about that. So let's talk about the range of recruiters. Clearly, it's important to avoid recruiters that you might deem are simply seeing the dollar signs on your forehead. Clearly, it's a depth thing. Purely transactional. How does someone recognize? How would someone recognize that? Questions. Easy. Now, from the perspective of before a conversation, yes, you can gauge that. Let's, let's imagine you're a candidate and recruiters reach out to you and you haven't spoken with them yet. How are you going to know that? Well, a good recruiter will have something in their outreach that in, in suggests that they've at least looked deeper than just skill set name, more into perhaps interest or something that's been studied and then resonate somewhere with their message that will resonate. If you feel that resonance with the recruiter, that's a good start. Mm. To say simply, send me the job description before I talk to you is not going to help because you won't know how that recruiter is. Yeah. No harm in setting expectations and say, let's have a 10-minute conversation and see how, how that goes. So a candidate could, for example, ask the recruiter, uh, well, I understand why I'm a qualified from a skill standpoint, but why did you choose to reach out to me? And while exactly. that might seem me-ish, it does allow for the candidate to sense if uh, if that recruiter is looking for just a body or, in right. fact, has really recognized a, a trajectory and some commonality of a, of a candidate's interests and values. Yeah. We do that differently than most coaches when we are responding to inquiries on LinkedIn. I'm very proud of that we do take, doesn't take more than like seven to ten minutes, but we read each candidate's profile on LinkedIn, look at their interests, look at the recommendations they've received and written. I find I can read a lot into what is important to a person based on what they write about others when they write recommendations. Yes. So that's really great that uh, that our listeners can, can follow that tip to ask that kind of question. But it is, it, I think the whole perspective is, is how people view each other. I want to take this from the relationship with recruiters to find recruiters that you trust because they're going to be plugged in to yeah. the industry. And it's always, I mean, I have got people that I've kept in touch with for 20 years. Right? There's, there's, there's individuals, one person I, I brought to his company 15 years ago, and I've talked him out of leaving his company on three or four occasions. And he still oh. typically will, will reach out to me, if not every January, every second January, right? And on uh, how's, it, you know, how's my role, uh, what's out there, how, what should I be asking for internally, how, how can I better my internal roles? Now, right there, when I describe that situation, most recruiters go, why aren't you taking him somewhere else? That's not how I roll. Again, it's like choose a recruiter that has got ethics. And the, the bigger picture called the long-term relationship is worth way more. It's a lower tenfold return, way more than yeah. an individual. So any recruiter who is all about that yeah. short term should be avoided. But also, Very good. The, the good recruiters, once you have that relationship and you can honestly share what's important to you, because a good recruiter, as you know, Jonathan, it's like you, you've been there. It's like you go into that as you do 
as a coach as well. So you go into the deeper perspectives. Is it really, because you can't just ask superficial questions called, do you want a big company or a small company? You know, it's like, what is it about the situation, the scenario, about how you're working, who you're working with, what you're working on? Yeah. And I bring this back to the candidate from my perspective when I was a candidate, because I realized that when I was looking, I didn't know what was out there. And I was 25 or 24, 25 at the time. Um, no recruiter actually I spoke to actually knew or bothered to find out what I'd done, what I could do and wanted to, but they didn't go deeper than that either. It's more like they didn't quite understand what is important to me. Where do I thrive? Where do I, where do I feel comfortable? Where can I excel? And what motivates me? What inspires me? And these are some good questions that you can ask yourself, but also a good recruiter should ask you as a candidate. Yeah. And when you have that, you open up and you be honest because it's not that you should keep a distance and not trust that recruiter. No, find a recruiter you can trust. And you can be honest because not only will that be a long-term relationship that opens up way more doors, but also, I mean, I've had situations, I'm sure you have too. It's like, I've had situations where I've got to know a candidate and there's nothing I've got, either my team or I have for that candidate. And we'll call that candidate two years or three years down the line because we remember the goodwill we had with the candidate, but also the key elements and we get a search that is perfect. And when I've done that, I've gone back to that candidate and that candidate's been the one single individual that's been interviewed for the role. And that role description was written around their resume offered and by the way long-term placement still 10 years plus in many cases that's how a good recruiter and candidate relationship can work Mm, great so the first aspect for uh, a listener is to clarify some questions so and clarify uh your comfort like really build a comfort of being open and honest and transparent about what you do what you don't do what you've done and haven't done and what you really want to do and what's and realistic and what's and a pipe dream and what's not like really allowing yourself yep. to share openly with a recruiter you trust so they can represent and not waste your time. You don't waste their time and you build a relationship of goodwill. Like I said, yep. goodwill yep. is key. I will say, cause I was John F. Kennedy for Halloween two years ago. Ask not what your recruiter could do for you, but ask what you can do for your recruiter. I like that. I like that. That's a good parody or plagiarism, whichever you want to call it. <laughs> That's a parody, but good use, fair, fair use. So what can a candidate do in addition to just staying in touch? Is there anything I also, also often coach people to eliminate the words just checking in yeah. from their vocabulary, but instead look for various ways to connect and add value to your relationship with the recruiter. What are some ways that you would find would make a difference in uh, how a candidate engages with you to, to build with goodwill. Well, how a candidate can do something differently. Yeah. Like what, what has certain candidates stand out for you that have fed the relationship? I right, have really enhanced the relationship with you, you know, in addition to staying in touch. It, it's not the frequent touch. It's, it, it's just the quality of the conversation. It's like, it is a trust thing. It's like a, you know, because we as humans, we remember things that are important to us yeah. simply. And, and so, yes, all recruiters have databases and we have like 60,000 candidates in our, in our niche and we've got all the data that's in there. You know, not necessarily all those candidates are fully qualified data, but the most important thing is I never forget somebody good. I never forget somebody I've had a great conversation with. And any recruit will be the same. It's like if you have a good relationship and it's, it's like it's not about the frequency of contact. It's more about the openness of it and that mutual respect. And you have to find a recruiter you respect. Because then that recruiter will do things. For example, I'll give you an example. Great. You know, just to have that, establish that relationship, that mutual trust, such that I had a candidate reach out to me. I placed her before on two occasions over a period of 14, 15 years and got to know her really well because just, just we had a great relationship. And we, we, we would be talking beyond just 
jobs. In fact, I don't talk about jobs. I talk about people. Our brand is optimal alignment of candidate and company. That's the parallel futures. Optimal, optimal alignment of candidate and company is parallel. Futures means long-term. But the brand is, is people. It's bringing great people to great people. It's, it's not about resumes. It's not about job descriptions. This is not typical for a recruiter here, but I'll tell you what, I don't use job descriptions. I find people that I think I understand who they are, I understand what they've done, what they could do, what they want to do, but also that I can see are a fit culture-wise with the company. And I will talk to those companies that I believe it's a mutual cultural fit. That's the bigger thing. If I can understand that person in terms of where they thrive, where they feel happy and excited and motivated and they get out of bed in the morning with a spark because there's something they can add and they're excited about the team and what they're doing collaboratively. That's a bigger picture thing. This is now getting into the relationships with people and companies and whether or not it's your employers or your colleagues, but potential future employers and colleagues, it's relationships again. But back to this on the perspective of understanding people, when you have that kind of relationship, this individual that I placed twice before, her husband in a completely different profession, right, an architect, was looking for a new role. And she reached out and said, hey, Kev, do you know anybody who recruits in, in architecture or in most architects? And I didn't. But I made a few phone calls. I made some connections. In the end, through the connections, I think in the end, whether it's my connections or his own, I encouraged him to, to do that. But it all came around to an ideal situation. It was a win-win all around. Me, goodwill. But having that re- relationship and that responsibility and, and that is just, it's just the bigger picture. That is that more that networking, real networking, not just checking in, right? Just yeah. checking in, really looking yes. to add value. You know, I'm going to uh, ask you to just smile for a moment. Good. I'm going to take a snapshot of that and put it in the show notes because you're talking about parallel futures. It really moved me that behind you, I want people to see who are listening. I want people to see the, is that a photograph or painting behind you? A long straight road with the parallel lines down the center and the two parallel roads. It's a long distance road. I think that moves me to make a metaphor of your commitment to parallel futures, creating long lasting relationships. And the peaks in the background, those mountains in this, representing the exciting peaks and challenges that people get to embrace and uh, and conquer in working together. Because people are always asking me for uh, help on finding work. And I ask what's important to you. And they almost always say growth, to grow and learn and take on new challenges is almost always of interest to people who are looking to make career changes, which means that when they're not making a career change, they are already growing and getting challenged. And if they if that gets stagnant, as you're listening, you might feel this is a, true for you. Growth and challenge has gotten stagnant. You're looking elsewhere to find that next growth, the next opportunity. So I love this image of the roads in parallel and the peaks in the background. It really represents your brand, Kevin. I love it. All right. So I've lost track, uh, Kevin. This is really great insights. I don't remember how many R's we've talked about in the three R's of relationship, relationship, relationship. But is there anything else you would like to add regarding relationships in the job search process? Yeah, so I think for people, especially for people who are looking for something they haven't found yet, they want to find something special. I think the proactive outreach that they should do, and it's building relationships with people more generally, they should look the deeper, not just immediately, hey, here's a company I want to approach, you know, um, but everybody that you know, they've had great relationships with the past, they're building, rebuilding. I think there's a lot of that emphasis on just more recently has been just the job and the money and working remote. And, you know, I think to, to go back and revisit great relationships and great people, but also relationships lead to the best, the best situations that I've seen with candidates, are, you know, haven't involved recruiters. It's, it's because they've been, their former managers or former peers have gone to, to other companies. I think people sometimes a little bit short-sighted and forget 
And it is about, I think everything is about people. It's, our, it's, it's like, if we understand, we are always learning. It's a mirror relationship from the people that we are involved with where we learn about ourselves, but also leveraging relationships and, and being deeper. And, and it's, it's the whole, what I meant by the whole mindfulness of appreciation of people and empathy and understanding. It's like, I see so many people who become, this, this whole me word that I invented, it's because a lot of people don't realize it. They're just so focused on themselves and they don't realize their impact on other people in the organization. Right? but also in life and everything. You're sort of referring to the networking, uh, the finding of the hidden job market by reconnecting. And you're putting in a very interesting frame of reconnecting with your favorite people from your past work experience and not being only me-ish, or I'll say it this way to borrow from John F. Kennedy's tone of voice again, ask not only what your network can do for you, but do ask, but ask first what you could do for someone in your network. Absolutely. It's, it's lower time for what comes around, goes around, but it's all about people at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah very good. Listen, you, you, you touched on a really seemingly obvious subject of relationships, and you brought some really great insights and depth to it. I appreciate that. I like to always ask my guests two personal questions. You have a favorite cause or charity you support and a favorite style of music or musical artist that you're a fan of. Since in terms of charities, I, we have, there's a, there's a couple of, um, obviously, ALS is 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 one because my cousin at a very early age, um, his life has taken and we feel very strongly that. Also, we have a, a, fa- a family a spondyloarthritic uh, condition that's a very common kind of condition that we obviously feel very strongly about, but also obviously cancer. It's like, who hasn't, who hasn't had someone affected by cancer? And it's like, you know, it is, we just, we love being in healthcare marketing research because we deal with people who are interacting with patients and doctors and of course, families of patients. And it's it's all about people. And it's like people forget that. In this material world, we forget that a bit. In terms of music, is this is I am if you get in my car right now and you turn the ignition, right, or press the button, you're gonna hear club music, European BDM, BPM, EDM music, right? I am I am half my age. I, I I've always been <laughs> sure I'm proud of it. Uh, no, fantastic. Listen, the music that's come out in this kind of generation for me is very entertaining. I, I skipped having any interest in rap. I uh, hope that doesn't offend anyone. Never really liked uh, the lack of uh, melody in music. My son is a uh, down-tempo EDM artist, so check out Sleeping Lion on Spotify. I will. Very good. So that's my favorite electronic dance music artist, Sleeping Lion. All right, well, Kevin, thanks so much. We'll put uh, your contact information in the show notes so that people who want to have a a really great relationship with a career expert in the uh, healthcare marketing and healthcare research space, uh, you're the go-to guy. Thanks again for all your time and your really passionate insights. Thank you, Jonathan. It's been a pleasure. All the best. Thank you very much for listening to the Career Transition Experts. We hope you got something of value and would love to hear from you on what you did learn and how this episode made a difference. If you'd like to contact or reach our guests, take a look at the show notes And you can also find there a link where we will send you a free copy of our resume preparation checklist. If there's anything we can do to help you fulfill your vision and make that transition smoothly, contact us. We are here for you. Thanks again for listening. Hope to see you again soon. Bye for now.